Some speculate it will take World War III for the global elites to finally realize the world government they have been trying to establish for decades. Well, according to Bible prophecy, this is exactly what will happen, providing an entrance ramp for the Antichrist. And I will explain this in great detail on this edition of End of the Age. has always been world government. The first crisis. Now, walk with me down this path here. First crisis, World War War I ended in November of 1918. After World War I, of course, what was the solution? World government. President Woodrow Wilson conceived of a a system of global governance called the League of Nations on, and it it, it was established, what was it, January 10th, 1920. At the initiative of the victorious Allied powers at the end of World War I. However, members of the United States Congress read the fine print back then, right? And they understood that it would mean the surrender of much of the United States' sovereignty. And therefore, they refused to ratify that organization and consigning really the League of Nations to the dustbin of history. So you say, well, hey, the dream of world government died, right? No, no, no. It's been alive and well ever since. Well, jump to 1935. Let me prove it to you. President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered the term Novus Ordo Seclorum, or New World Order, placed on the back of the U.S. dollar bill. It's in the ribbon at the bottom of the pyramid with the all-seeing eye. Novus is Latin for new, ordo is Latin for order, and seclorum is Latin for secular or world. So, new world order. All the way back in 1935, President Roosevelt was, he was thinking about a, a new world order back then, years before World War II ever began. At the conclusion of World War II, Roosevelt became the driving force behind the formation of the United Nations, or a world government. Roosevelt was a globalist. He believed in a world governing body. Why else would he have put New World Order on the back of our dollar bill? It's still there to this day. You've heard lately of President Biden talking about, hey, there's going to be a world 
uh, New World Order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to get the rest of the world to buy in, right? This is the same New World Order that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was dreaming of when he put it on the back of our dollar bill. Now, the dream of a world government has never died. The problem is, is that World War I obviously wasn't a big enough crisis to get all of the nations of the world to buy in. So what needs to happen? You know, never waste a good crisis, right? Well, they just need a bigger crisis to get the entire world to buy in. And this time, they had to get the United States on board because without America, no world government, right? Well, 20 years after World War I, World War II kicks off. And America still did not want to get involved. We were dragging our feet for probably a couple years, at least, not wanting to get involved in a world war. But if you remember your history class, what was the event that woke up the giant of the United States and got us fully engaged in World War II? It was Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. Some speculate that President Franklin Delano Roosevelt may have known Pearl Harbor was going to happen. I don't know whether he knew that or not. Some do speculate that. And that he wanted us to get involved in the war because he wanted a world government and we needed an an event to get the United States involved, hence Pearl Harbor. I do not know if FDR knew about that or not. But at the end of the war the United States was all in on this world-governing body, right? At least the leaders of the United States. So at the end of World War II, Stalin, Churchill, uh, and Roosevelt, they came together at Yalta in an effort to end all war. Because after World War II, the cry for peace, I mean, you're talking about, what was it, just over 50 million dead The cry for peace was deafening. And so they came together at Yalta in an effort to end all war. Well, it was during these meetings that the charter for the concept of the global governing structure called the United Nations was written. Now, because of we had just come out of World War II, remember... Everybody was willing to just say, hey, we don't want to ever happen, another world war to ever happen again. We need, we're willing to yield up much of our sovereignty to this. Well, one key American man responsible for the formation of the United Nations was Alger Hiss. Remember that he organized the the American delegation and served as the the acting um, secretary general at the first United Nations meeting out in San Francisco. Alger Hiss also served on the steering committee and the executive committees and was charged with the responsibility of actually writing and being the architect of the current charter of the United Nations. And after playing such a dominant role in developing the charter of the United Nations in the founding conference, here's the problem. Three years later, he was convicted in U.S. courts of lying to cover his activities 
as a communist spy. So it was a communist spy that was given the commission to write and be the architect of the current United Nations Charter. And so this is the formation of the current world government in the earth today. The very seat of world government. It's what the United Nations was created to be. And when we get back from the break, we'll go into this in great detail. And then I will show you how they need a World War III. A lot of people are speculating this to get this thing across the finish line. And I'll show you why in great detail in just a moment. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com Ukraine or 800-363-8463. I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. I've got a couple quick announcements. Uh, we came out with my second DVD, uh, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. I taught through that giant timeline. And this is one of the ways that we can, we'll give you a bil- the ability to really pinpoint where are we at on the timeline? What's next? Why do you guys say the Six Trumpet Wars next and the, the peace agreements next? And talking about the world government, world religion, the mark of the beast. Where are we at on that? When does it become the kingdom of the Antichrist? So I teach through the entire timeline, and it's, we just offered this the other day when I was up on Jim Baker's show. It went crazy. People were buying it. They want to know. They love the timeline. So this month only, you can pre-order your free copy of the Future According to Bible Prophecy DVD when you give a gift of any amount, and it will ship in May. And so you can either do that, call one 800 end time or go to endtime.com slash future, 
and or just go to endtime.com. It's right there on the homepage. And this month only, you can get your DVD for a donation of any amount. So uh, definitely would want to purchase that. It's a, it's a you know, not because I did it, but I think it's something you need to know about and give to your friends, family, and your sphere of influence. Number two, this is something you've all been waiting for. We are going back to Israel this year. We went two times a year up until COVID hit. And now, uh, it has, this fall will be the first time we get to go back. My wife just solidified everything and told me to get on the air and announce it. I know a lot of you people have already wanted, expressed interest in wanting to go. On my first trip, we're going to take one bus only. 48 people plus myself and my wife. And it's going to be September 17th through the 28th. And if you'd like to join me and my wife Jana on this trip, it's going to be a, it'll be my first tour. I've been 15 times, I think. And my wife's been 25 times to Israel. But we're going to be doing a lot of unique things. We definitely would want you to join us. But it's going to be one bus, 48 people. I told my wife, I said, people are going to, they'll be calling in like crazy. We've already, we've already got people signed up to go. But um, it will be my first trip without Irvin Baxter. And so I, I think it's going to be a great trip. I think you'll really enjoy it. We'll go to the Jerusalem Prophecy College. We'll do a lot of different things. We'll go to all the sites. And uh, it will be a very unique tour. Uh, my first one um, post Irvin Baxter you want to join us on that, uh, it's September 17th through the 28th. Go to, um, well, the best thing really to do, call 1-800-363-8463 and ask for um, Jana Robbins. Or you can go to endtime.com and go to tours. They've got a tour page up there. She can fill you in on all of that. And uh, I know that a lot of you want to go, so we'll finally get to go back. And she will fill you in on all the details. Now, got to get back to this lesson. Very, very important. After Alger Hiss, well, I should say previous to Alger Hiss being the architect of the Charter for the United Nations, Alger Hiss accompanied President Franklin Roosevelt to the Yalta Conference where the carving up of Europe by the United States and Russia took place. At this time, Roosevelt was a dying man, and consequently, Alger Hiss, who we did not know was a communist spy at that time, he carried the bulk of the negotiations for America. Well, what Russia did not win on the battlefield, of course, she won at the peace table because her own agent, Alger Hiss, was assisting Roosevelt with the negotiations. And that explains why Russia received so many concessions at the peace table at the end of World War II. You can get a pretty good deal when you got your guy on both sides of the table, right? So, Alger Hiss designed the United Nations. Remember, world government has been the goal all along. Alger Hiss designed the United Nations to be a global union of socialist republics. Not one word of that charter has ever changed, by the way. The United Nations still functions under that charter. You wonder why they push so much socialism out of there. That's because that's what they believe in. That's their core. That's the United Nations Constitution like the United States Constitution. 
So, I mean, it was pretty obvious, right? The emblem of the Soviet Union at that point was a globe with two sheaves of wheat around it with the hammer and the sickle superimposed. And if you look at the emblem of the United Nations, it's also a globe with two olive branches around it. But when the insignia of the United Nations was designed, obviously they couldn't do the hammer and the sickle. They left that off because that would have been too obvious, wouldn't it? However, Al-Jarhis designed that structure of the United Nations to ultimately become a world socialist government. And that's the way it will be under the reign of the Antichrist, the Antichrist socialistic one world governing body. The stage is already being set for that. So Al-Jarhis did go to prison because they caught him for, uh, for perjury, for lying about being a communist spy. But the United Nations has continued to be a structure for the one world government system. However, if you think about it, the United Nations has been not a true world government, but really a paper tiger when it comes to eliminating war from the earth. There have been many wars fought since 1945. Um, a big one would be uh, Vietnam. Why couldn't they stop that? It's a paper tiger. Uh, another, a perfect example is the Russian-Ukraine war. Russia's UN Security Council veto power has rendered the United Nations helpless. And it remains helpless. They can't do anything about that because any resolution they pass to stop that, Russia could veto So you see the United Nations, the seat of world government in the earth, does not have the power to dictate its edicts. They can only suggest them. They can meet at the General Assembly and say, here's what we think we should do and give resolutions. But the General Assembly resolutions are not binding. And they can use propaganda to get the nations to buy in. And most nations have already bought in but they still do not have the, the, <clears throat> the dictatorial powers that they want as a true world-governing body. In June of 2020, LifeSite News reported that um, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, was calling for a multilateral level of governance with the teeth to function as an instrument of global governance where it is needed. He said this, and I'm quoting, The problem is that today's multilateralism or world government lacks scale, ambition, and teeth. Remember, he keeps saying teeth. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But Gutierrez, he said that at a a press conference on the launch of the UN's comprehensive response to COVID-19. He wanted to dictate to people what to do. But he was saying, we lack teeth. And, of course, that was, the, um, the, that was the novel coronavirus that originated in Wuhan, China. Well, he goes on to say, and I'm quoting, and some of the instruments that do have teeth show little or no appetite to bite, as has recently been the case with the difficulties faced by the Security Council. So the important thing, by teeth, Mr. Antonio Guterres, our Secretary General of the United Nations, means enforcement methods. He wants to be able to dictate, not suggest, what the United Nations wants to do. He wants to be able to say to the nations, do this, and they carry out his edicts. He's a socialist. He was the president of the Socialist International 
from 1999 to 2005. He was the number one socialist on the planet. Now he's the Secretary General of the United Nations, a socialistic entity. So what will it take for this world government that these elitists are trying to create? What is it finally going to take for them to get their their dreams of a world government across the finish line? Well, some folks are speculating it will take another world war for the nations to finally be willing, in the name of security, to yield up their sovereignty and their armies and to fully to a fully functioning world governing body. I mean, remember, World War I, what was the in the elitist mind, what was the answer to the cry of um, for peace? The League of Nations. After World War II, what was the answer to the global elitist for the, the, the deafening cry for peace in the world? Well, it was world government. And it was already pre-planned, everybody. You understand. FDR believed in a new world order. He put it on a dollar bill in 1935. You can see the progression of things. The answer to a world war has always been Bigger and stronger and more powerful world government. So now the United Nations sees itself, and we know that they are, they're a paper tiger. It looks menacing, but there's no power there. Or they would stop the Russian-Ukraine conflict. Well, guess what's coming? World War I wasn't a big enough crisis. World War II wasn't a big enough crisis. Now they've got the United States involved. But there's a World War III coming. Many people are speculating it will take World War III for this dream to come to pass. And this is exactly, folks, what the Bible says is about to happen. Now, I know the gravity of the situation here, and I know the topic, World War III, I can't even imagine. I don't want to imagine. But the Bible says there will be a World War III, and there will be a World War and that that will be the entrance rent that leads to the Antichrist and the world governing system. So it brings up some questions, right? I mean, number one, you might be asking, well, will there be an end-time world government? According to the prophecies, absolutely yes. Will there be a third world war? According to the Bible prophecy, absolutely yes. When will the war occur? The Bible tells us that. Will World War III result... um, a third time in a fully functioning world-governing entity and its leader, eventually the Antichrist, according to the prophecies, the answer to that is yes. So let me answer these questions one by one. Will there be an end-time world government? Yes. 650 years before John wrote the book of Revelation, the prophet Daniel was given a vision of four separate beasts that represent nations or kingdoms that would exist at the time of the second coming of Christ. Those four beasts described in Daniel 7.4 and the modern nations that they symbolize are a lion with eagle's wings, the modern nations of Great Britain and the United States, a bear, the modern-day nation of Russia. We could talk about that the rest of the program, right? 
a, a four-headed leopard, the modern-day nation of Germany, and then a ten-horned beast that John had never seen anything like it. He just said, hey, the characteristics of it, it's a horrible beast and it's got ten horns. That is symbolic of the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. In Revelation, John uses these same symbols of nations to describe the end-time world government. In John's account, the four separate beasts of or nations in Daniel 7 have federalized into one large global governing body. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns. Upon his horns, the horns symbolic of the European Union, were ten crowns. Upon his heads, the name of blasphemy, the beast, the single beast, the combo beast, which I saw was like unto a leopard, had the body of the leopard, Germany, feet as the feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth as the mouth of the, of the lion, Great Britain, and the dragon, or Satan, gave it its power, seat, and great authority. That's Revelation 13, 1 through 3. That's 1 through 2, I'm sorry. This is the 2,000-year old prophecy of the world government that is currently being established. And the world government is not a secret. If, if you don't study it, you're not following it, yes, you would think, well, world government, what are you talking about? I'm just making my way through life, and I don't know anything about that. The world government is very, very real, everybody. And many global leaders have discussed it throughout time. Remember, globalist, all the way back to FDR and beyond. The League of Nations was beyond uh, before uh, 1935. It was back in, like, what, 1920s, early 20s. And so... People have believed in this world government all along. Um, you remember James Paul Warburg. Or I should say, this was what, James Warburg. He was the son of Paul Warburg. The author of the Federal Reserve Act, which we know is a big part of world government today. We, he said, hey, we shall have world government whether you like it or not. I'm quoting. He said, by conquest or consent. That was a statement by um, the Council on Foreign Relations, CFR member, James Warburg, to the Senate Foreign Relations Committee on February 17th, all the way back in 1950. So these gentlemen, they know what they're trying to create, but they haven't had a big enough crisis yet. They got the United States to buy in after World War II because of Pearl Harbor, right? That's what got us involved in the war. But that war was not big enough because at the end of the war, the United States still wanted veto power. The Security Council veto power is what that's all about. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. That's the thing, everybody, is that if you understand World War I wasn't a big enough crisis to get the world government, to, for people to just yield up their sovereignty and their armies to a world governing body. The, that's why the League of Nations failed. World War II wasn't a big enough crisis because the United States didn't yield up her entire... We got involved with the United Nations, but we didn't yield up all of our sovereignty because we retained a UN Security Council veto power. The five victor nations of World War II, they wanted veto power because they weren't really fully trusting in this world governing body. And it's galling the global elitists that want a world government. So, two crises now. Millions of people killed, but it wasn't a big enough crisis. Well, guess what? The Bible prophesies there's another war coming and it's going to be so big and massive that on the heels of that, the world, most of the world's nations, will fully yield up their sovereignty to this world governing body. The world government they're trying to create, it's no secret, hasn't been for years. If you follow this, David Rockefeller, he was the chairman of the board of Chase Bank. He stated, and I'm quoting, Some even believe that we, the Rockefeller family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interest of the United States. He's the one that donated the property that the United Nations is built on in New York. He said, they've characterized my family and me as internationalist and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. He said, if that's the charge... I stand guilty, and I am proud of it. He, he's not trying to hide the fact. We're trying to create a world governing body. In his memoirs, that was in his memoirs uh, by David Rockefeller on page 405, published in 2002. Also, David Rockefeller stated, We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world 
if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during those years. But the work is now much more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. Those news organizations had been hiding that all these years, folks. You think they're not hiding it now? And he goes on to say, I'm quoting, the supernatural sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. A world government and the world bankers are all on board. The central banks, the Bank for International Settlements, the Federal Reserve right here in the United States, they're all on board with creating a world governing body. This was um, stated by David Rockefeller, the founder of the Trilateral Commission, in an address to a meeting of the Trilateral Commission back in June of 1991. So, will there be a world government? Absolutely. According to the prophecies of the Bible. Will there be a world war? I'm afraid so. The prophecies foretell, Revelation 9, 13 through 16, and the sixth angel sounded. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. The four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. Other translations say a third of all of mankind. The Bible says, and the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000, and I heard the number of them. Number one, clues that we know from this prophecy. It's going to originate in the Euphrates River region, which is housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and it forms the border between Iraq and Iran, right there in the last 50, 60 miles where the um, Euphrates meets the Tigris and it goes into the Persian Gulf. Number two, it's going to kill one-third of the global population. I've never lived through a world war. I don't even want to be able to comprehend this, everybody. But if the war has not already started, it could occur at any time. According to the prophecies, folks, the prophecies always come to pass. Every single prophecy will come to pass in Scripture. And then number three clue that we learn from this passage is that there's an army of 200 million that will participate in the war. There are three entities that can field an army of 200 million. China, India, and the Islamic faction on the planet. The next question, when will the war occur? Well, from the Old Testament prophets to Revelation chapter 22, God gave us a timeline of events to follow spanning over 3,500 years. Of those prophecies, the sixth trumpet war is one of the next two to be fulfilled. The seven, the seven trumpets along with the seven seals, seven vials, they make up the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. Now, I don't have time on this program to explain the entire seven trumpets prophecy here. They, you know, I would say for a, for a conclusive explanation on the seven trumpets prophecy, you can order the seven trumpets DVD by calling 1-800-363-8463 Visit endtime.com. If you're an end of the age plus subscriber, it's already on there. And I would encourage, certainly encourage you to go through that. However, 
I want you to understand the sequence and the timing of the, of the events, of the, especially of this war. According to Scripture and history, the first trumpet war was World War I, 1914 to 1918. Second trumpet, World War II, uh, what, 1939 to 1945. Third trumpet, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, April 26, 1986. The fourth trumpet, it was the speeding up of time and the process of globalization with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, uh, November 9, 1989. The fifth trumpet, Iraq War with Saddam Hussein, 90-91. And you say, well, hey, Dave, you're messing with my you know, eschatology belief here because all these things will only happen during the final seven years. That's a conversation for another program. But you've got to understand, if you're trying to figure out the book of Revelation, it's not written in chronological order. The first four seals have already been um, unbroken, and the first five trumpets have already occurred. We're already off into this thing. The next one, after the fifth trumpet, it's the sixth trumpet war, which is this World War III. Currently, we don't know the date for that. If, again, if we're not already in it, it could occur at any time, folks. It's the next thing besides the uh, Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement. Those are the next two on God's prophetic timeline. This gigantic timeline spanning 3,500 years from the Old Testament prophets to when we go off the, beyond the, the great white throne of judgment and we go off into etern- our eternal existence with the Lord. 3,500 years, these are the next two prophecies to be fulfilled. Then the seventh trumpet, of course, is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, And, of course, we don't know that date. So, you can see that this 2,000-year-old sequence written in Revelation chapter 9, 2,000 years ago while John was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, this sequence of prophecies began to be fulfilled just over 100 years ago. And it is occurring very rapidly. It's 2,000-year-old prophecy. It started in 1914. And the first five have clipped off in that time. So the Sixth Trumpet War, which occurs either before or just after the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians, is one of these next two events to occur on God's timeline. This is why we say if we are not already in the war, it could happen at any time. We also know, according to Bible prophecy, the war will occur prior to the Great Tribulation. Again, I'm not going to have time here today. I want to make sure I got some, get some other points. But the Bible is very clear. If you go through Revelation 9, 10, and 11, it tells us the war happens first. Revelation 10 describes the beginning of the Great Tribulation. The angel stands and declares time will be no longer. And then Revelation 11 describes events that occurred during the Great Tribulation. So this war happens prior to that. Now, another question. Will World War III result... A, a third world war in a fully functioning world governing entity and its leader, will it be the, anti, the um, entrance ramp for the Antichrist? Well, again, I said there are many people speculating that this could be the case. In a, the American Greatness website, they published an article, and you can go read the article. It's titled, For the Great Reset to Succeed. The Great Reset is part of transforming the world economy and leading and they're they're working to 
implement the sustainable development goals, but they've got to move us off of capitalism onto a socialistic system. That's much of what the Great Reset is all about and carrying out the edicts of all the sustainable development goals. But they've got to redistribute the wealth of the world for this thing to happen. Socialism. One of the major planks of that is wealth redistribution. So the article says, For the Great Reset to succeed, the elite need World War III. Obviously, the pandemic wasn't going to make it happen to get the nations to yield up their sovereignty to this one world governing body. Uh, Russia-Ukraine situation, that wasn't going to lead to it. So in the back of somebody's mind somewhere, they know to get this thing across the finish line, what does there have to be? World War I, it didn't work. World War II wasn't a big enough crisis. What do they need? There are people, talk, this article states, they're going to have to have another world war. Another catastrophic world war, they say in the article, might be just the thing to usher in a one world socialist utopia. Folks, this is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. The article states, and I'm quoting, Are you ready for a social credit system? Well, it's coming under the Great Reset. Oh, and want to get rid of those very pesky deplorables who may yet elect another populist who'd once again threaten the elite's hold on power? Enter the elite's preferred leader, Joe Biden, who is happily risking a nuclear war with Russia over Ukraine, which, in the writer's opinion, should cull the herd down to a more manageable size, right? After all, a population so devastated by world war and gripped by the paralyzing fear that would ensue in the wake of that will be desperate enough to turn these great reset elitists to turn to them without any further pushback. So he goes on to say, and this is what he, this is what will end it. World War III just might be what Biden and the other elites need to finally get their one-world socialist utopia. It will be built upon a foundation of lies and blood, but it's the only way the elites can truly be sure that their great agenda for humanity will be fulfilled while minimizing the resistance of ordinary people like us. Now, folks, what he's talking about here is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. Will it be Joe Biden that kicks the thing off? I don't know the answer to that. But after World War III, we need to consider what that's going to look like. And so I know I'm coming up to a break here. I don't want to cut this off, but the Bible says on the back end of World War III, that's going to be the entrance right ramp for the Antichrist. It's all in the timing of the prophecies of the Bible. That's another reason you should get the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com right now. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. We've got to consider what the world will look like after one-third of mankind or about 2.7 billion people are killed and what happens to the United States and Israel after World War III. Who will be the key participants in the government of the Antichrist? Because World War III is going to kill one-third of mankind. It stands to reason that it will occur before the peace agreement in the Middle East. That's my opinion. It's always been our opinion, but I want you to know it's strictly opinion at this point. And the, the, the peace agreement in, in the Middle East, it, we, it, we, we believe that it could happen before that uh, and the confirmation of the covenant. It doesn't make sense that the slaughter of 2.7 billion would occur simultaneously with a, a peace agreement and Israel's rebuilding of the temple. But it does make sense <clears throat> that in the wake of this great war, just like World War I and World War II, there will be an incredible outcry for peace. And in, in our opinion, this will usher in the peace agreement in the Middle East. They'll look at them, Israel and Palestinians, and say, <clears throat> we're done. The Antichrist will have his way paved as being the man with answers to solve the world's troubles. He will have got a, finally got a peace. He and his cohorts will have finally got a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Most of the world will believe it to be a wonderful thing, and he's going to come on the platform of peace and flatteries, the Bible says. Now, we don't know that the, what exactly will trigger the beginning of World War III. And we do know this war will occur, though. What, whatever the cause of it, the conflict that is going to be triggered when World War III begins, will engulf the whole world. The Battle of Armageddon is going to be localized right there in Israel. But this war, which happens at least, at the very least, three and a half years, possibly seven years prior to the Battle of Armageddon, maybe longer than that, we don't know, that it will engulf the whole world. It's going to start in the Euphrates River region and spread out. And to kill 2.7 billion human beings it's very unlikely that it will be anything other than a nuclear war. So in consideration of this, how will the war end? How long will the war take? Uh, you know, it's difficult to believe anyone will survive a war like what we know is coming. But we know the Bible says that there will be people that survive it. Nations will be completely wiped out. There are people in, the, in power right now who are willing and able to push the button to begin the conflict of all conflicts. The Bible says it's, go it's going to happen. And although we know these frightening events will occur, 
you know, there is a place of safety. I know this sounds like a dark program, but at the end of the day, if you're a Christian, it's getting me fired up for the greatest time of revival the world's ever known. And again, I've never lived through a World War III. I, I can't even comprehend it. But I know that there will be people that need to be saved and need to be talked to about Jesus Christ. And we need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world during these times. That's the only hope for mankind, everybody. And so, what will occur after World War III? Revelation 13, 1-3 uh, says, John said, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, upon his heads the name of blasphemy. The beast I saw had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion, the, and the dragon gave him his seat, power, and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wounds was healed, and here it is. And all the world wondered after the beast. The whole world is going to follow this world-governing body. There's just a few nations that won't. You know, the, the eagle's wings from Daniel 7, they're not included in the part of the beast from Revelation 13. What does that mean about the United States and our role in the end-time government? Because, remember, the eagle's wings are mentioned to be in existence after the Sixth Trumpet War, right? So it appears that we will not get destroyed in this Sixth Trumpet War, America. So when you talk about the American-Israeli friendship and our alliance and, and what's going to be the role of the United States and Israel in the end time, what's going to happen to them? Well, the eagle's wing, symbolic of the United States in Daniel 7, not mentioned on that combo beast in Revelation 13, it indicates that the United States is not going to be included in the world government of the end time. Now, I know things will have to drastically change because we have a globalist in the White House right now. How does that work? Well, the prophecy also indicates that world dominance will have shifted from the United States. Right now, we're the leader, or at least... We were until the, the Biden administration. We were the leader of this new world order that FDR put on the back of the dollar bill. But the Bible says that powers will shift from the United States over to Europe. And Europe is going to be the power base of the Antichrist. So it's obviously left us with a few questions, right? Since we are presently the leader of the world government. How will such a shift of power occur? Will the United States be wiped out in World War III? No. Or would we be brought to our knees and become a non-factor on the world stage? I don't see that happening. We, looks like we're going to stand with Israel and protect her all the way to the end. Or will we simply go into isolation like we were back in past centuries? We just did our own thing. Remember, they had to get us... They had to basically drag us kicking and screaming into World War II. But there is a scripture that helps answer these questions. Revelation 12, jump back a chapter from 13, is the only other place the eagle's wings are mentioned in the, in the prophecies of the end time. Uh, Revelation 12, 13 says the dragon, Satan, will persecute the woman with 12 stars around her head. That's Israel. And... The, the, woman in, the woman with the 12 stars is Israel, and the 12 tribes, 
the, the stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel. According to Revelation 13, the dragon or Satan will use the Antichrist who will be at the helm of this world governing body and his, um, to do the persecuting during the Great Tribulation. So John tells us in the next verse, this would be Revelation 12, 14, that Israel will be protected during the Great Tribulation, which will occur during the final three and one half years, immediately preceding the second coming of Jesus Christ in the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, Revelation 12, 14 says, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, that's Israel proper, where she is nourished for time, times and half a time, three and one half years, from the face of the serpent, from Satan or his world governing body. Now, a clear understanding of Revelation 12 and 13, and I'm very thankful for this, has allowed us to be absolutely sure of two things. The United States will stand with Israel and protect Israel from the world government in the end time. I know it doesn't look like that now, but again, this is why you need to understand prophecy. The prophecies always come to pass. Number two, the United States will not be part of the world government. I know that sounds hard to grasp. But we're not going to be fully engaged and therefore will not come under the reign of the Antichrist. You know, Israel's only friend is the eagle, really. I know they've signed the Abraham Accords and all this, but at the end of the day, the United States is her true ally. We've used our veto power at the United Nations to protect Israel for the last, what, close to 60 years. And it appears the reason the Eagle's Wings are not in the one world governing system is because we backed off and Israel's not going to be invaded by the, by the Antichrist until the... Battle of Armageddon. So it looks like the United States, if we're not wiped out, which we're not going to be, will not be a key player in the one world governing system. This is good news because we don't want to be a part of this evil system. Is it possible America could be in opposition to the Antichrist? I believe we will be. It's generally true that the whole world will follow the Antichrist. But even Daniel 11 explicitly says there will be some who resist the Antichrist. Daniel 11, 32 and 33 says that during the time of the Antichrist, that those um, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So in the middle of all the chaos, after the abomination of desolation, during the final three and one half years, they that understand among the people are going to be in full evangelism mode. You say, well, I'm scared to death, Dave. You as a Christian are going to have to get over the fear factor. The Bible says that people who by fear of death were their whole life kept in bondage. If I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm a Christian, and... I know that if I don't wake up in the morning where I'll end up, it takes the fear of death out of my life. And it allows me to evangelize, evangelize. That's the goal of a Christian in the end time. So we've got to be, the church has to be in full evangelism mode, winning souls, preaching and teaching the gospel, just like the New Testament church. 
Then Daniel 11.33 says, And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by sword, by flame, by captivity, and by spoil even many days. Listen, there are many people on the earth that will be persecuted in the end time. Listen, Christians have always been persecuted. Eleven of the twelve disciples were killed because they wouldn't quit preaching the name of Jesus. And since America is not specifically included in the one world government, could it be that the U.S. would become the center of world evangelism? I hope so. We would need to stop pushing some of the agendas that are being pushed in America right now. But folks, we need a spiritual revival here in America in the last days. You say, how would we combat the Antichrist? The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, folks. The one that created this world. That's who I serve. And so I'm not worried about the Antichrist. He should be worried about me and the church. Because the church, the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We are going to be pulling people out of the gates of hell. John said, I saw a multitude no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. The elder looked at John and said, where'd they come from? And John said, I don't know. Thou knowest. Who are these people? John said, I don't know. And the elder said, these are they that have been born again, and these are they that have came out of great tribulation. Folks, the greatest time of revival the world has ever known is just ahead of us. Yes, the war will happen. Yes, it will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. Yes, there will be world government. But that's why your mindset needs to be on evangelism and winning this world for the cause of Jesus Christ and expanding His kingdom in the earth. That's what true Christians will be doing in the end time. So, it's a mindset. It's how you live. Am I in daily prayer? Am I attending a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church? Am I serving the Lord with my whole heart? And am I preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world? That's the mission of the church since it was birthed back in the book of Acts. And that's our mission today. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.